Welcome to episode number two of the Ask the Church Collective podcast, the podcast where you, as a worship leader, musician, team member, tech, can ask questions of the contributors and the community members of the Church Collective. If you have a question, you can uh, submit it via email on our site, or you can call the number 209-326-0933 and leave a message, and uh, we'll use the audio on an upcoming podcast. In this episode, uh, I have a debate with my good friend Fox Watterson, who's also a contributor for the site, but he works at the same church as I do. He's our production manager, uh, and I'm a worship pastor. So um, he and I get in the debate. He feels as though uh, the worship team and the tech team should be separated, and I feel like there should be cross-pollination on a week-to-week basis. So we grabbed some of our contributors, and we had at it. Here we go with episode number two of the Ask the Church Collective podcast. So Fox and I have the unique opportunity of serving in the same church, um, and he and I uh, kind of butt heads a little bit um, in a fun way on on whether or not uh, the people on our worship platform should be in the tech booth and whether techs should be on the worship platform. Um, I feel like there's a lot of cross-pollination that can happen. Uh, to me, I guess I kind of treat it as um, everybody has the potential to be a worship leader someday and maybe like especially a younger person maybe they need to learn how to do everything because they may end up in a church where there's only 50 people and they're going to have to be the ones to wear the hat for everything um so i'm of the opinion that our worship leader should spend some time in the tech booth i personally uh do it occasionally i'll i'll be hanging out in the booth or i'll be helping on a, in a different position or I can play a lot of instruments, so I kind of see it as the same as like if I'm worship leading one week and I'm playing bass the other week, and then maybe I'm helping with lights the week after that. Um, for me, it feels like I'm more of a well-versed member of the team, and I think it's important for um, the team to feel like there's not that divide. So Fox disagrees with me uh, about that, so let's hear Fox's side. Yeah, my whole my whole shtick is that there's a, a huge potential there for creating a divide in the heart between what that person wants to do. Uh, if I had a guy come to me and say, Hey Fox, I I'm interested in, in joining the worship team. What do I do? And I'll ask them, sweet man, what, what can you offer? And they tell me, well, I can play guitar, but I also know how to run sound. I will immediately ask them to make a choice. Like you don't got to tell them right away. Uh, it doesn't have to be on the spot, but I, I need to know where you're going to want to be serving because what I do not want to do is place you in position of service where you are not happy. Uh, that will cause burnout a lot faster. It can cause some animosity between the volunteer and myself or whoever is uh, uh, it, it, it supervising that position. Um, and and if, they, if they want to be doing something else, there, there's going to be the, this nagging pull on them to go and do it. There, there won't be... It won't be a fun and rewarding experience for them if they're not serving where they want to be serving. Now, that's not saying that that I don't believe in cross-training. I totally do. Um, I, I think it's awesome if someone can come and, and help out in a pinch, but I will not schedule a person in tech if they're on that platform. Hmm. I won't schedule them to do it consistently. I will ask, I could ask, you know, hey, man, I just, I just had a cancellation, can you, and you're here. Can you cover uh, but it's not something that I'm going to to have them be a regular position of service. I think that there can be some really some really bad juju going on if someone tells you that their passion is playing an instrument and you stick them behind a soundboard, and vice versa. 
uh, you need a guitar, but this guy's great at sound or running lights or is a pro presenter whiz. But because you need a guitar player, you make them play guitar. That's not what that person's wanting to do. You're, you're gonna you're gonna create some bad juju there, uh, and it's not gonna be fun experience for the volunteer. And ultimately, they're probably not gonna last long because they're not serving where they would like to serve. Um, we had talked before about uh, it's not about me. I think Laura brought that up, and and she's absolutely right. It's definitely not. Um, there's a whole mantra that I have about heart for the house that. There isn't a position in the church that is more important or any less important than the next, that we are all part of the same body. Mm-hmm. We are one room or one house. We have many rooms and they're all equal. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that, that one position is more important than the next or that one should be given preferential treatment or the, over, the, over another one. Um, what I'm saying is that if you're asking a volunteer to serve in two different spots, he's they're always going to want to go to one or the other more. And we have to be aware of that. And we have to be able and willing to say, I need you to choose. Um, not because you're not needed or loved, but because this is for you. It's for your benefit to, to go to where and serve where you want to be serving and not where uh, I, as a person, need you to be. Hmm. You say a lot of good words, but I disagree, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's going on in, in your context, Cliff? Well, um, in our situation, I, I to be honest, I've never actually run into a situation where I've needed to cross-train anyone. We have... Um, Dang it, not you. Know, let's try someone else. No, I'm just yeah, let's, <laughs> <laughs> Although I have, you know, I have a, um, a couple of guys that uh, are excellent musicians that, that also have a passion for running audio. Um, I've never actually put them in that situation to make a choice um, because the, one of the first discussions I have with them right from the very beginning is where we, where we really have the greatest need. Um, and so basically I just let them know, Hey, you know, you've got these gifts in, in these areas and this is kind of where we need you to serve. And, and I've always had people that have said, okay, then fine, I will serve there. Uh, and it's been really, it's been, it's been a pretty easy situation. I've never really considered cross training. We have a full-time tech director, uh, at my church, it makes it things a, a lot easier, and we work really well together. He's also probably our very best lead guitar player, mm-hmm. um, but I do not I do not schedule him to be on our in our band uh, because we need him in the tech area, and and he realizes that he's only going to play on the band if I have no other options available, um, and he loves doing it, but but he understands that his his place is. Giving direction to our tech volunteers, sure. and he's perfectly happy doing that. So we have that conversation very early on in the process. Yeah. What about your uh, your church, Chris? Um, I've got a couple of people that are that do multiple roles. Um, like I just started. I've got a um, I've got three teams: an adult team, a college team, and a youth team. And I've got a guy on our college team who's looking more, he's the bass player, but he's looking more to get into leadership. And so, um, I started kind of having him, um, we started off with him doing leading devotions and then he started leading, uh, the band rehearsals. Um, and then he talked to me about, Hey, you think you could schedule me on for sound? Um, some of the weeks that I don't play. And, um, 
because really he's only playing twice a month. Um, and I was like, yeah, that that's actually a really good idea because if he's going to be a leader, he I, I feel like you have to have some kind of concept of, of what's going on with the soundboard to be to be <clears throat> able to be a leader, you know. Mm-hmm. So he started training sound a couple months ago, and now he he plays um, he plays bass with the college team twice a month, and then he runs sound um, once a month. Um, and it's, it's turned out really good. Um, and I have another guitar player, um, who runs sound and he, he frequently says, Hey, do you think I could just run sound this month? Or can I just play guitar this month or whatever? You know, he doesn't really have a preference. Um, but if I don't have him on sound for a while, he'll specifically ask because he says he kind of misses it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, it's cool to have people that can do multiple things. Um, and it definitely, it gives them more of a respect for the sound guy. You know, there's a lot of times musicians, if they don't know anything about sound, they sometimes can look down on the sound people and the tech people, you know? Sure. So, um, it's, it's worked out good, but I could see if, if, if there ever came to a point where somebody was, you know, they were on sound and they really were desiring to be on stage or something. I could see where that could, you know, start. We could have some issues there, but I haven't ran into those problems yet. Hmm. What about at your church, Sydney? Well, um, a lot of times there isn't a lot of that unless they're really, like other people have said, um, the last resort situation, you know? Hmm. And so, um, like one of our bass players <clears throat> runs lights all consistently all the time, and so but he's also a great bass player. And so if the scheduled bass player something happens or like just an emergency situation, uh, he can step up and really just he can kind of just pull it out, and he's great. But I think that it's it would be cool if. Um, the musicians knew what was going on behind the booth and vice versa. And uh, just so that, you know, because a lot of times musicians ask a lot of the guys behind the booth. And so I think that it would be, it's kind of important to create sure. uh, knowledge of both. Yeah. Um, so what's going on at your church, Laura? Um, we do cross train. We definitely cross train. We have several people in the band who are capable of doing something in the sound room. Both my drummers can run sound. Um, and I don't, and, and my drummer at the campus that I lead worship at specifically, he can play every instrument on the stage, every single one. He could be a vocalist. He can run pro presenter, do the light show, and he's trained on the soundboard. He's so skilled um, and so naturally talented. And he's my drummer every Sunday because I need him to make them every Sunday right now, <clears throat> situation we're in. He has a whatever-it-takes attitude, and there is a small part of my team who does. And we can all think of our team, and you kind of think, who's fully engaged? Who has that whatever-it-takes attitude? And it maybe trickles down from there, and our goal as worship leaders, one of our goals is to get all of our team to that fully engaged whatever-it-takes attitude, because then it really becomes less about yourself and more about what can I do? How can I serve? Where am I needed? 
the other thing I think Fox brings up a great point, um, and it's totally understandable. It's true, even if you're trading multiple things, there's going to be something you prefer. It just is. That's the truth. I do think you can still schedule people in different areas as long as the leader of those ministries is developing and continually cultivating a very good, open, honest relationship with the people on your team. Because you have to keep tabs on that. You can see when your light guy is getting tired of doing the lights. You should notice that. Like We should notice that as leaders. You should be able to feel it and see it and be able to have conversations with people um, and keep an open, honest thing. So at the size of my churches and the way that our ministries relate to each other, it's a good thing for us to cross-train and use each other in multiple positions. Hmm. At the same time, me and the, my husband, who's the creative person director, um, that's his official title, by the way, creative person director. I'm just okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's up to us to um, keep tabs on our people and how they're feeling and how it's going and help them, if that makes sense. Yep. I think in a perfect world, every church's tech ministry and worship ministry should be one and the same. Because hmm. um, we're, doing, we're doing this all together, and we're not, we're not doing these things in a vacuum. Um, and sometimes there's, there's even combat uh, between the worship band or the worship leader and the sound guy or the lights and... Um, the video guys don't like the lighting that the worship team wants and, and all these different things. And we have to find a way to work together. Um, I've never been a part of a church where that's been the case. And, and so, so after, you know, years and years of, of seeing the, the downside, I don't see any, any upside to not having them all be connected. Um, I think as much as possible, there should be connection, communication, um, and, and if at all possible, one, one single oversight over all, all of them, even if they are technically separate ministries. How would you approach a situation where one of your tech people comes up to you and says, hey, bro, uh, I want to play guitar this weekend. Can I do that? Fox, you can't play guitar this weekend. Dang it. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So the, so the tech guy wants to play guitar. Yeah. Um, I, I think that conversation, usually there's a lot of back story to that kind of thing. Um, you know, is it that the, there was a need in the tech department two years ago and they hopped in and now they're stuck back there? That's not a good situation. You don't ever want somebody to feel like they're in a dead-end ministry. Um, but this Sunday probably won't work out because you have to get someone else up to speed. But I think you should get a process going if, if they want to have opportunity to try other things. Um, I think that should be – nobody should ever feel like they're in a dead-end spot in their ministry, if at all possible. I think that, that culturally there could be an issue – not an issue, but like a disparency between um, the things that I'm saying are my concerns and – and Laura, um, for as an example, like she's got this great, awesome ministry, and she's so in her personal communication. Uh, that's fantastic. 
but I'm in a culture here at my church where you guys don't know here's some 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 Jews. Uh, I mean, I'm in a culture here at our church where that's not the case. So how can we, how do we approach the subject of I'm stuck in a ministry or I'm not involved in a ministry because I'm never given an opportunity and I want it, or I'm serving because this is the place where, uh, where I was told to go serve and this is not where I want to be, even though this is where the church needs me, this isn't where I want to be. How do I... How do I balance that? How do I balance wanting to serve, and how do I balance where my heart's at? I, I, maybe I'm not. I don't think I'm phrasing this quite well. Um, internally, as as a volunteer, how do you balance going and serving where the ministry needs you to serve, and being stuck there, as Adam was saying, or not serving? in the position where you want to serve because of um, oversight or an unwillingness to give someone an opportunity and wanting to do what you want to do. Like, is there a heart issue with, I want to serve because this is my, my heart is to, is to lead worship. That's my calling. That's, that's what that's what I want to do. That's what I love to do. This is how I want to serve my church. But the church doesn't need me this way. So do I not serve at all, or do I serve somewhere where I don't really want to be? And is that healthy? I guess those would be my questions. Is it is it healthy to be doing that? That's heavy. Anyone want to run with that one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think there's there's a long term and a short term to that. Um, that short term, if we really are servants, um, and my pastor likes to say everybody likes to be a servant until somebody treats you like one, yeah. and uh, and and everybody everybody who wants to be a servant short term would say, yeah, I'm going to serve where I think the need is. And, and um, when I was in college, I was playing bass on our college group's worship team, and I stopped because the person that was kind of overseeing our lighting and, and overhead projection and all that, um, graduated, they left. And I spent some time doing that. And I still like, I, I was working with the sound, uh, the light board at our church on Sunday. And I know how to do that because I stepped off the band and I served where the need was. Um, and I'm, I'm married to my wife because a couple of years later when nobody wanted me on the church's worship team, somebody asked me to lead kids worship. So short term, we should serve where the need is. Long term, um, I don't think it's wrong to say this is this is what I feel like my long term callings are. Um, <clears throat> but but for the short term, we should say how can I serve? Um, mm-hmm. And I think as as leaders, it's it's up to us to facilitate that. Yeah. Short term, I need people here. I don't need another. Uh, I don't need another singer. I really need somebody to help in this other ministry. But long term, how can I facilitate? raising up somebody that really wants that ministry um, so that people can be where they want to be, or at least they don't feel stuck. Right. Now that swings back to the conversation we had in another episode uh, of the podcast where like relationship, it's all about relationships. So if we, as the worship leader, worship pastor, tech director, whatever our role is working at our church, um, if we're not in tune with the people that we have serving, if we're just filling positions, planning center makes it ridiculously easy to just click a button and like, 
plan your whole thing out without ever interacting with anyone. Um, I think we do a detriment to our team if we're not understanding that, yeah, we got a guy on lights when he's been on lights and he runs lights well, but he wants to uh, play guitar. And and if we don't know that, um, I think it's it's on us as leaders. Like you said, Adam, like if we're not the ones trying to suss that out, I think we're only going to help breed bitterness in there because he's always feeling like he wants to play guitar. And uh, we don't know that, you know, and it's on us to go figure that out. Um, so I think like, like, again, yeah, relationship is vitally important for that. And if I could add to, for people that aren't, for your volunteers that aren't leaders, I think, and if they're stuck and they don't know where they're supposed to fit in the ministry, then I think that it might be important to seek God in that way and that you, they just, um, they pray on it because sometimes you ha- you don't know what God wants for you. And I think it's important to talk to him about it too, as well as your leader. Mm-hmm. That's good. And if I could chime in as well, just with the whole knowing, knowing people and understanding your, your, the people in your tech ministry and your band, but also when, you know, the answer is no or the answer is yes, communicating well why that answer is what it is. You know, if the answer is, you know, no, we're not going to use you on guitar, like communicate well. It's not because you're you're not valued in that area. Uh, just communication can really uh, can affect how something's taken. So that's huge, too. We need to know how how to be sensitive with people who need a sensitive approach and Sometimes how to be hard with people who just need like a hard no. Right. I'd also like to say practically when you, what I'm latching onto Fox is that part where somebody, I think you said, what if somebody wants to be whatever they have a calling to be something, but there's no opening for them to do it. So I think of there's a girl on my team who wants to be a worship leader. Well, we don't have another campus for her to, be a worship leader, if that makes sense, and she's sold out to our church. So I started a worship leader apprenticeship program, and she's apprenticing, and there's opportunities given to her to lead worship. So if I'm going on vacation with my family, then when I pass that to her, and she has to learn how to, you know, do the planning center and run the practice, and so she's learning and growing and apprenticing to be that. Um, We try and do the same things in other positions that seem to be where a lot of people are saying, I want to be that. I want to be that. Um, Okay, you want to be that? Let's learn how to do it. Let's apprentice apprentice in that position. Let's take you through some practical steps. Um, So one, we had to talk about what she was weak in. So one thing was music theory. So she has music theory lessons with me because she needs that. So that when that opportunity arises for her, she's going to be ready to step into that role that she feels like God has meaning for her. That's neat. You want to cap this off, Fox? Basically, you guys are all dumb and I'm right. <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that, that you guys bring some valid and excellent points, and I and I can concede those. Um, and I, I think that, that my... My heart on this is just out of a love for the volunteer and 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 how they are in service to their God, 
which is more important in my mind than their service to the church. And so I will always err on the side of the volunteer more than the side of the ministry, if that makes sense, um, so that I'm taking care of the person and their heart. I know that the ministry can survive without me. I know that the ministry can can go on uh, if I don't have another guitarist here. Bummer, we'll do, we'll do something different. We'll do a new arrangement or we just won't play a certain song. Um, so I, I will always choose the side of, of the, the individual and yeah. their heart and what they desire sure. more than what my current church or more than what uh, my ministry needs of them. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, head over to thechurchcollective.com and hit contact, connect with us, and please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps us connect with more worship leaders over there. God bless.